Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast with your host, me, Caroline Blinska, the podcast for everyday people who want to fast track their way to more sales, more profit, and less work using automation and the latest strategies without needing to be tech savvy. I'll be interviewing experts in online marketing, business specialists, Shopify app developers, and also will be providing you with case studies and marketing methods that will have you winning with Shopify. Don't forget to check out ecommercemarketinglab.com slash podcast for show notes with information about each episode. So let's get straight into today's episode. Hi, well, thank you for being here, everyone. I've actually got Andrew Alleman on the line today. So, Andrew, am I pronouncing your last name correctly? I think I'm that is wrong. pretty darn good. You know, yeah. it, it gets pronounced differently in different parts of the world, but that's right. It's a bit like mine. No one knows how to pronounce it, but I don't care. Just use my first name, and that's fine with me. So, I'm really glad to have you here. So, Andrew is from Domain Name Wire, and Andrew, let's just say if um, he doesn't know something about domain names, I don't think it needs to be known. Andrew has had Domain Name Wire since 2005. He has been cited in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, Bloomberg, every major media place that you can imagine. And we're going to speak to Andrew today because I have a lot of burning questions about domain names. And I know that a lot of people out there do want to know a little bit of information about this. So Andrew, do you want to just introduce yourself and let everyone know a little bit about you? Sure, absolutely. So I have been a what people call domain investor or a domainer for, gosh, almost a couple decades now. So I buy and sell domain names. But one of the big things I do is I run a blog at DomainNameWire.com or DNW.com for short that is all about what's going on in the domain name business. So people that buy and sell domain names will read my publication to learn about uh, the latest sales, things they need to think about from a legal perspective, um, ways to make more money from their domain names, ways ways to sell more, that, that sort of thing. Wonderful. And look, I have a little stash of domain names myself, and I'm just hoping that you weren't one of those people who bought one of those domains one day that I always wanted and you're sitting on it yourself. <laughs> I'm sure that you would have I'll be happy to sell it to you. So. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Andrew, let's get into a few questions. I do get asked quite a few questions from my clients and people in my Facebook group. So um, let's go through a couple of the things that are sort of burning questions for people with e-commerce stores. And the first thing that a lot of people want to know when they're starting up or even if they're already in business is do domain names still matter? Because a lot of people are out there saying, well, I'm, you know, found on Google search or I'm found on Facebook. So does the actual name really matter? This is a very common question, and the answer is a definitive yes. Your, your domain name still matters, and it matters for a number of reasons, uh, one of which is word of mouth is still a very common way that people will find your website. Yes, they're going to find you through Google, and they might even search for your company name on Google, but you don't want to count on being that top search result in Google even when someone searches on your domain name. You definitely want people to have an easy way to get directly to your site. And so having a good domain name matters there. And especially when it comes to e-commerce, credibility is really important. And a good domain name will give you kind of instant credibility, right? If you own uh, plumbing.com, people are going to trust you more than if it's Jack's Plumbing in Austin online.com, right? There's just a, a credibility factor there. And yes, 
you might not need to own a very valuable, uh, expensive name, but having a, a one to two word domain name that establishes that credibility is, is very important. And another thing I think about is no matter what your business is, if you have an online store, you're certainly still sending email. And that domain name is going to be in your email address every time you send or receive a domain name. And I've talked to people that have a, a bad domain name or a long one, and every time they give their email address to someone, it's complicated. And a lot of times people will send them an email meant for them, and it ends up in someone else's inbox because they they misspelled it or they didn't remember the domain name correctly. So domain names definitely still matter, and it's the only direct way people can get to your website as opposed to going through an intermediary like Facebook or Google that can change their rules and their algorithms at any time. So let me just ask you, I want you to let us know what is a good domain name, but I just want to give you a scenario which I have from a few people. People come to me and they say, I want help. I don't know why I'm not getting sales. And then I look at their business name and I'm like, your business name really does not match what you're selling. Um, Mm. Now, let's say that they needed to change that domain name. So some people are probably listening going, none of this is relevant to me because I've got my domain name and I don't need to change it or I'm not buying a new one. But is it worth people thinking about changing it? Let's say they've been in business three or four months and their domain name just doesn't suit their business. Is it Mm -hmm, still possible mm -hmm. to change it? It is. And I've talked to lots of companies that have changed domain names. It's getting easier to do that as well. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's it's not as hard. It's easier. And so there's some examples of very large companies that have done this. There's a company in the U.S. that is now called Home Advisor that was called Service Magic. And they they really needed to change their domain name. And they're a public company. So you were actually able to see the results. And there was a, a, a downturn in traffic for a while, but they recovered and they're better off for it. And I mean, that, that was a page, you know, website that might have had tens of thousands, hundreds mm. of thousands of pages. So I would say the sooner you rip that Band-Aid off and make that change, the better. And if you're just three, four months in, that's a perfect time to do it. And I think it's gotten a lot easier for a number of reasons. You know, a lot of people have changed. They've added SSL certificates, which obviously every e-commerce store has had, but they've added that to their site. And Google's made kind of the process of signaling to it that, hey, I've changed from HTTP to HTTPS easier and they've done the same thing for for da- domain names as well and and I'll be sure to talk a bit about today what what makes a good domain name and while you're listening to that think about your domain and if it has those characteristics because if it doesn't uh, then I would certainly consider switching your domain name so let's just talk about it what does make a good domain name so one of the first things I ask people is does your domain name pass the radio test and, well, people, I guess, listening to this still believe in, in spoken voice, right, radio and podcast. But a lot of people, again, back, get back to that, oh, well, I, people are going to find me online. It doesn't matter if, you know, if I tell them what my domain name is, if they can uh, understand it, listen it, to it, and then type it in. But it's extremely important. I mean, there are lots of cases where... Uh, such as on a podcast where you might tell me your domain name or I tell you uh, mine, domainnamewire.com. And if people can't spell that, it's going to be very difficult for them to find a website. And I see a lot of people dropping vowels from their domain names or dropping letters and getting cute like that. That is what we call a domain name that will fail the radio mm. test. If you're at a restaurant and you say, go check out my site, it's uh, it's 
um, walls.com and it's not spelled like walls.com is W L S.com, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be a problem. They're going to have difficulty finding it. So what I tell people to do here is ask five people, call them up on the phone and talk to them in person and say, Hey, I've got this new website. Um, this is the name of it. Spell that out for me and see if they can spell it out. You might be surprised sometimes even regular words pushed together can be confusing to people. So that's one of the first things I consider. Does it pass the radio test? Uh, easy to remember is important. You know, Amazon.com, a lot of people, yes, they find it through search, but they remember to go back to it, and it's easy for them to type in Amazon.com. So shorter matters when it comes to also being easy to remember. I think one to two words is great, maybe adding a prefix or suffix onto that. Once you get beyond that, it can be kind of difficult. People can sometimes forget the word order of the words in that domain name. So shorter definitely matters. Uh, and then there's the, the question of descriptive versus generic. And this is where you get in actually one of those topics of should I change my domain name? Sometimes people start a store or a website that's very specific in nature. And the domain name describes what the site has. And then they morph, right? So let's say you sell T-shirts and you have T-shirts in your name. But then you go on and also sell, sell pants. Mm. Well, now if people are looking for pants, your domain name, if it's just t-shirtsonline.com or something like that, might not make sense. So think about that when you come up with a domain name. And you want it to be somewhat broad. Uh, unless you're absolutely sure all you're going to do is focus on one thing, uh, you, you don't want your domain name to restrict you there. Uh, and then a- another common thing that people talk about is what we call the top-level domain name. So in a domain name, there's the part to the left of the dot, so ecommercelab.com. That's technically your second-level domain name. The top-level domain name is the part to the right of the dot. So most people are familiar with .com. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a question out there, should I go with .com? There are lots of options out there right now. Believe it or not, there are hundreds of options, many of which m- might make sense for e-commerce, like .shop and dot store. There is, though, the question of does that create confusion amongst your customers? They already have to remember the second level domain. Do you want them to have to remember that top level domain as well? And, and that might depend a little bit on where you are in the world as well. So I think something like that, if there's a dot com with the same name, like it's, for example, e-commerce marketing lab, if there's a dot com and then there's a dot shop, then people might just automatically assume it's a .com and then go to your competitors. So that can also be a problem as well. That's absolutely right. In fact, I get a lot of people, I own over a thousand domain names, most of them .com, and I get a lot of confused people that are looking for the .org or something Mm -hmm. like that that end up on the .com. Yeah, it's interesting. And how do people find domain names besides the thousand that you own? How can they go about finding domain names? So a lot of people get frustrated here, and, and I understand, especially if you're focused on .com domain names. There are something like 130 million registered .com domain names out there. So it can be frustrating to find a domain name that works for you. One of my favorite sites to go brainstorm is called LeanDomainSearch.com. That's Lean, L-E-A-N. And this is a site that actually the, the company that owns WordPress, Automatic, bought a few years back. 
And what it does is it takes a keyword you enter and then it adds the most common prefixes and suffixes that people use in domain names, the most common words that people use in domains. And it creates all these, it, it spins it, right? It comes up with all these different combinations and you can see which ones are available. You can also see which ones are taken. So that's one of my favorite sites. There are a bunch of other sites out there that will help suggest domain names. And, and in fact, a lot of the big domain name registrars, which are companies like GoDaddy, where you go to buy a domain name, if you plug in a domain, they will give you some suggestions. Uh, in, in their case, they're going to show you some .com domains. They might show you .net and some of these new extensions as well, especially if they're relevant. I mean, there are extensions now. There are hundreds of these. There are things for for just about everything. There's a dot .bike extension, for example. So maybe if you are selling bikes or bike parts, that might be something to, to think about as you look at domain names. But leandomainsearch.com is one of my favorites, and it's also free to use. And the extensions like the dot .bike and the dot .shop, are all of those available on places like GoDaddy, or do you have to go to specific places to find those ones? For the most part, they're all available on the popular registrars. There are some domain names that have strange rules or they're extremely expensive. And so not every registrar like GoDaddy will will handle the domain name and offer the domain name. But there are a lot of popular registrars out there that you might use, Name.com, Namecheap, even Google, of course, has its own domain name registrar now. So if you don't find it one place, you can usually find it uh, in another. That's interesting. I didn't know that. So can you explain that? So I use GoDaddy. So you're saying that if it's not on GoDaddy for $3, then it might be on the Google one for $3? Yes, but but let me clarify there. If it, if GoDaddy shows that it's taken, you know, if someone's already registered it, you're not going to go find it on at another registrar. But GoDaddy, there are certain domain names that for one reason or another, it doesn't carry. And, and this includes both these new top-level domain names. Uh, they do carry .bike, but I don't believe they carry uh, .tattoo, for example, because a different company kind of uh, creates those domain names. You also find this a lot on two-letter top-level domain names. So I know .io is really popular right now, um, .co. AI. These are actually domain names that are controlled by particular countries that have been kind of remarketed to mean something else. And a lot of times one registrar will carry some of those, but not all of them. So if you don't find the domain extension or the top level domain you want at GoDaddy or whomever your registrar is that you like to use, it might be worth going to check out a different registrar to check. Wonderful. That's really great to know. And what if the domain name that you want really badly is actually taken? What is the best process? <laughs> That's where I come into the picture. <laughs> That's okay. where people like me. So like I mentioned, 130 million plus .com domain names are registered. So odds are if you type in something that's one or two words or even up to three and four words sometimes, someone already owns it. But that's not the time to stop your search for that domain name. If you have a domain name that you think is really interesting – then you want to go out and see if it's available for sale. So there are uh, tens of millions of domain names that people have registered and aren't using that they want to sell. And you can figure this out in a number of different places. One of my first stops that I recommend people to go is DomainTools.com. And if you search for a domain name there, they look at all the different marketplaces where people list domain names and see if it's listed for sale. So a couple of the particular marketplaces that are very popular are called Afternic and Cedo. That's A-F-T-E-R-N-I-C.com for Afternic and Cedo is S-E-D-O.com. 
And so domain tools will tell you if it's already listed on one of those marketplaces. Of course, you can go search at the marketplaces individually, but that's a good way to find out if it's listed for sale. Sometimes people will have a, a sale price listed there. Other times they'll say, hey, make me an offer. Another way to find out if one of these domain names is available for sale is to just go to a registrar and they will oftentimes syndicate these listings. GoDaddy, for example, if you type in a domain name that's listed for sale on one of these marketplaces, they uh, – well, I should say they own Afternick. So if it's listed okay. on Afternick, they will tell you it's for sale. And you can actually sometimes buy those domain names just like registering a domain name like you normally would. So if it's for sale for, say, $2,000, you can just go – uh, buy it with your credit card and instantly get it into your account. Um, so that's another way to look for those domain names. Usually if a domain is listed for sale as well, if you just type in a domain name, there will be a form on the page where you can inquire about buying the domain name. So the important thing to understand here is that a lot of times these domains aren't very expensive. The medium price for these already registered domain names, they sell for one to $5,000 typically. Now, obviously, good ones, and depending on who owns it, it could be a lot more money. But don't give up just because a domain name is already registered. And look into if you can buy it from the current owner. So don't give up. And, and think about, you know, if you can go buy a domain name for $3,000 and you're starting an e-commerce site, this is a, you know, a site that you plan to own for a long period of time. Think about amortizing that cost across. I mean, this is this is your storefront, right? This is the a key. This is the name of your business. And spending three thousand dollars on something that you plan to use for five or ten years, when you think about that as a marketing expense, it's it's really not a lot of money. A good way that I like to describe something like that is, I say to people, it's like having a shop in a shopping center. You want to get the best shop at the front rather than in one of the little alleyways down the back near, you know, the rubbish bins where no one goes down there. Mm -hmm. And that's the same as having a good domain. Yeah. If it's a good domain, you're front and center and it really helps you. And if you're not paying for a shop front, then there's a lot of money that you're saving anyway. So having a good domain name can make a difference. Yes, this is not an area that I'd scrimp on. I mean, I, I really think about it. Get the best domain name that you can afford. That's it. what I always say. That's why I tell some people change. That's why that was one of the first questions. Should people change if they uh, don't have a good domain name? Yeah, I definitely agree. Changing a domain name can make a big difference. And choosing the right one in the first place is even better. So tell me if you have multiple domain names, some people are buying the, um, say the .com and the .shop and things like that, or they might have slightly different names or um, hyphenated and things like that. Can they send all of those domains um, to the one domain? Are there pros? Are there cons? What do you recommend with that? Sure. So a lot of people do this if there are variations of their of their name. For for example, domainnamewire.com. I also own dnw.com and I forward that to domainnamewire. So that makes it easier for people to type in the web address and get to the website. I also see companies do this if uh, maybe their maybe their name doesn't quite pass the radio test, but they were able to get the variations that other people will use. For example, if you have a a number in your domain name like the digit 4, can you also go by F-O-U-R and replace that in there and then forward that? So I highly recommend getting several domain names that people might use and several extensions and forwarding them. Now, it's, e it's easy to do that at registrars. It's free to do that as well. There's also the question of do I want to buy some, say, descriptive domain names of the products and services I sell and forward those? You know, 
I'm not an SEO expert. I know some people do some some search engine optimization around that, so I'm really not sure there. But I definitely think it's a good idea to get variations of your domain names. And, and I do this on every business I start. I think about how people might misspell it. Uh, and then I'll buy that misspelling if it's available and, and send it to my website. And plurals and singulars, this can also be an issue as well, which is one thing to think about when you're selecting a domain name. If there's also uh, a plural that someone might else might own and they're in a competing business, that, that could be an issue for you, right? So those are some of the things I think about when it comes to multiple domain names. Okay. On your point about SEO, I do actually know the facts on that. So people listening, I sure. will get an actual specialist on to talk about that because that is actually just a whole nother topic altogether. But okay. from what you were saying, I do remember quite a few years ago, though, the last time I looked into this, that Google was actually against people having too many domains forwarding to the one domain. So do you know anything about that? Yes. You know, it's it's interesting because some of this, and this might be something to ask your, your SEO person, but on the SEO side, you know, there's once they started basically letting the search juice go through because of the HTTPS, the move to get everyone as SSL. I think they relaxed their rules a little bit. I don't see any reason that Google would be opposed to a lot of domains pointing to one place, though, because a lot of big companies out there, you know, Amazon has tens of thousands of domain names, and most of these are for protective purposes, and they will forward those to their products and services. So I think trying to capture traffic that way isn't a problem. If you're trying to game, think about why you're doing it. If you're trying to game the search engines, then that's an issue. But if you want to go out and buy, say, a descriptive domain name that people might be typing into their mm. browsers and forwarding it to a product page on your website, I don't see any reason that they'd have an issue with that. And I haven't heard about any problems with oh, no, that. That's good because I do know that, you know, and I'm talking, you know, five, six years ago when I remember it, mm. it was like if it was more than three, then it was a problem and they didn't, and it was like this sort of gray area. It was when that whole black hat, white hat started to become really Well, and, and certainly, you know, black hat, like cloaking, you know, creating these little landing pages that then mm. forward to your site. That that's obviously an issue. And again, you're doing that to trick the search engine. So I always think about what I do and is my goal to manipulate something like a search engine. And if it's not, then I feel fairly comfortable doing it. But caveat there, obviously, <laughs> talk to an expert on any on any given topic. But I haven't heard any issues there with people no. pointing a lot of domain names to any particular site. And I'm sure you know people that own a lot of domain names. So I think that you'd be an expert in that area. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so talking about different domain names, what about people are just using the Shopify domain name? So they'll have at the front dogcollars.shopify.com, for example, as their mm. name, mm-hmm. rather than buying the dogcollars.com, they just use the Shopify um, domain instead. What is your view on that? Well, that's a problem for a couple reasons. Um, first of all, is that credibility. Now, I know Shopify has lots of credibility, but if you go to a store, you want to think that, hey, this is a this is a standalone business. This is a, a good business. And if I see that someone doesn't even pay the minimum package to get a domain name connected to it, that's a red flag to me. I was helping a company manage a store a couple years back, and this was when Shopify required that you could use your own domain name, but then when you went to actually check out, it moved over to Shopify.com. Yes. And I mean, that that, that was an issue, right? Because people mm-hmm. were like, wait a minute, now I'm on a different website. Did, did my browser get hijacked? You know, mm-hmm. what happened here? And thankfully, they changed that. But I think that applies here. 
I'm not going to trust someone who, who won't even pay the, the $10 a year or the whatever package is required on Shopify to have their own domain name. So that's a big part of it. The other thing about it is that if you're using a subdomain of Shopify like that, you're ultimately sending all your, your search traffic, all the links you have out there on the web to Shopify's domain name, not yours. And if at some point you decide that Shopify isn't for you or Shopify changes its terms, maybe you can no longer sell your type of product on Shopify, you want to be able to easily port that somewhere else. And if you own your domain name and you've been sending all the traffic and all the links to that, then you won't lose that by switching to a different platform. And this gets back to that issue of you don't want anyone to be between you and, and your traffic. The more you can get people to come to your domain name directly and remember that domain name specifically, the better off you are. And, you know, there's so many businesses on Facebook uh, that created, you know, they went out there, they told everyone, like us on Facebook, be our fan, they even paid Facebook to get more fans. And then Facebook changes their algorithm and says, ah, you know what, actually, if you want to keep using, uh, if you want to get in front of those fans, you have to pay us even more money. And so that's what I think about when I think of a, a domain name as well, and why it's very important to have your own domain. Mm, exactly. And talking about subdomains, another thing that I'm seeing from some people is that they're only selling products. It's different if you've got, you know, different services and different businesses around it. But these people that have only got an e-commerce store and they've got their home page, so they've got dogcollars.com. And then when you click on the shop now, it goes to shop dot dogcollars.com so they've got a subdomain set up for it but they have no reason for it it's only because their developer has been too lazy to set it up properly really is what i'm seeing so you mentioned something just then that people are getting a little bit confused oh have i been hacked or hijacked by going there do you feel that that's the same inside your own um, website when it goes from uh, the main domain to a subdomain I think that's less of a concern there, but, uh, you know, I mean, people, if they see a subdomain on your main domain name, I, I think that's okay, but um, I would fire that web developer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and that gets into SEO, which, again, I, I know you'll have someone come on to talk about that, but if you're sending some of your traffic to your your second-level domain name, dialcollars.com, and then that subdomain, which we also call a third-level domain name, Google historically has treated that kind of like a separate website, mm. right? And so now you're splitting where you're sending your, your search juice. Now, there might be reasons to do it. Um, I The site I worked with had a good reason because they had uh, they had retailers that they sold through and then they also had their own online store. And so they wanted to uh, – they weren't doing e-commerce only, right? So mm -hmm. they had a reason to do that. Or if you have a big information site, you know, on, on your main website and then you want to send people to your online store, that might be a reason to do a subdomain. But if you're just selling stuff online, I, I would I would avoid doing that subdomain. Good. I'm glad that um, I got that right because that's exactly the way I see it. You know, if I've got members dot and then my website because it's a membership area. But like you said, for SEO purposes, I'm not sending people over there. So it really makes no difference. But it's a really good point that you make up. It's so that you made was the fact that if you're sending traffic to your domain and your shop dot blah, 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 that is two separate things for Google. So then you're actually losing your traffic along the way. And I think that makes a really big difference. Yes, yes, I agree with that. 
And I wanted to ask, I'm sure a lot of people are sitting here thinking, oh, okay, this is very interesting with the whole domain thing and what can I do? And a lot of people that um, I work with and that are in my group actually are doing this whole thing with e-commerce because they really just want to have a business where they're doing less of the actual work. They're not having to worry so much about um, working harder. They're working smarter. So you keep talking about owning domains to sell and to do things with. Do you want to give people a little bit of an idea of having buying domains to actually have as another income stream and what they can do with those domains? Yes. Uh, so, so this is exciting. This is, this is what gets me excited in the morning. I look at domain names like digital real estate. And so there are a lot of people out there that go buy – uh, buy real estate in town. Maybe they have tenants that they lease it out to, or they try to sell it. Maybe they try to put together a few of the better parcels of land and sell it to someone who wants to develop them. I do the same thing, but it's for domain names. And so I will look for domain names that I think could have value to people that are, say, trying to create an e-commerce store or a website. And I buy those domain names and then I hold on to them to sell them. Now, the nice thing about domain names compared to physical real estate is there really aren't any property taxes. You have to pay your $10, $12 a year or whatever to renew the domain name, but but that's your holding cost. Mm. Uh, And you can do something with it in the interim that's pretty easy. Maybe you set up an e-commerce store, and if someone comes along and they want the domain name, you can sell it to them, or maybe your store is taking off and you could sell it to them. So there are there are lots of people that buy and sell domain names, and a lot of them are probably your listeners. They don't think of themselves as domain investors, but maybe they bought a few domain names here for a site that they didn't end up doing. You know, everyone has that bright idea at midnight. They go register the domain name, and then they don't end up using it. But then there are other people that, that really try to make a go at this and register hundreds of domains or thousands of domains or even companies that own hundreds of thousands. There's one actually that owns millions of domain names. Wow. And uh, they they look for certain characteristics of domain names. Uh, the, you know, for example, if other extensions, if other top level domain names are registered under that domain, then it might be worth more. If it's short, if it's simple, if it's easy to spell, all these things that I mentioned earlier in this podcast that make a domain name good. And they, they buy these domain names. And, and a lot of people look at this and they say, well, okay, I've heard about people that registered domain names in the 1990s and they got rich. They sold them for millions of dollars, but now it's too late to do this. And, and I disagree with that for, for two main reasons. One is that there are always trends that are popping up that become popular. Mm-hmm. You know, the term cryptocurrency didn't mean anything even a decade ago. And now that cryptocurrency.com would be worth, you know, a million dollars yeah. less. Um, and so there are always these terms coming up. Even the term blog didn't exist when I started buying domain names in the in the 90s. So there are always opportunities to find new trends and get domain names around that. And the second thing is that you can buy domain names that were registered early on but have expired. So there are lots of sites you can go to that capture these expiring domain names. GoDaddy has a service called GoDaddy Auctions where if any domain name expires from GoDaddy and several of their partner registrars, they'll auction it off on GoDaddy Auctions when it expires. Another popular service is called NameJet. 
and they do the same thing. They either uh, partner with different registrars or, or, or capture these domain names when they expire, when someone forgets to renew them. And so you can go buy domain names that were registered originally in the 90s or 10 years ago that have value now. And so that's where most of the time I'm buying domain names that way. I, I also reach out to people that own domain names that aren't using them. Maybe they did use it previously for an online store. Uh, or for an online site and their business shut down, and I'll try to buy those domain names as well. Um, so the opportunity hasn't passed. Now, that said, it, it can be tricky, and I don't want to give the impression it's a get-rich scheme at all. Um, you, you need to get in there and educate yourself, and that's what a lot of people come to Domain Name Wire to do. They, they see which domain names are selling, and they see little tricks that you can use to, to find the right domain names to buy. Uh, and and that, that's important. I see a lot of people rush out and buy hundreds of domain names and then they send their domain portfolio to me and say, what do you think? And I'm like, well, I think you just <laughs> wasted a thousand dollars because those, those names, why would anyone buy those from you? Right. So, uh, so it is important for people to educate themselves and there are a lot of great resources out there. Obviously mine is one of them. Uh, but to, to really get into the business of, of domain name investing. Wonderful. And do you think that there is like um, sort of an amount of money, the minimum that people like if someone buys one domain name, then they can get away with that if it's one good one? Or should they be looking at buying a couple at a time? Is there sort of a minimum? That's a great question. And there are different schools of thought. Uh, One of my peers says, hey, I would go out there and buy one pretty good domain name and then try to sell it to other people. But uh, maybe you're not a great salesperson and you also have all your eggs in one basket. I prefer to go out and buy a lot of expired domains for between you know, $15 and a few hundred dollars and then list them for sale. You know, I mentioned earlier you can find domain names that are for sale on GoDaddy. And so you can go ahead and buy these expired domain names and then list them for sale on GoDaddy or Cedo and put up a page with an announcement that it's for sale and uh, – Get, get inquiries that way. So I prefer to spread my chips around a little bit. There are plenty of people who got into this business with, say, $1,000. Then they had a sale. They took that money. They reinvested it, got slightly better domains, sold that, sold one or two of those, reinvested that money. Uh, so I don't think there's necessarily a minimum, but buying just one domain name is is pretty tricky, and that's putting all your eggs in one basket. And I also want to clarify, too, because I see people do this when they first get into the business – you don't want to be what's called a cyber squatter, and that's someone that buys domain names of existing brands out there and tries to sell them to those. That is, uh, of course, everyone's all over the world, but it's pretty easy for companies to get those domain names back. They can, and they might sue you and get extra money from it as well. So you want to invest in domain names that uh, have value to a large group of people, and, and they aren't trademarks. I think it was Madonna that the first big case with a celebrity um, years and years ago that I remember hearing about where someone bought her name. Um, was it there are a lot of celebrities that have done it. Uh, a, a lot of big companies have had to recover their domain names. And it's fairly inexpensive for them to do that. It can be fairly expensive for you if you're 
the owner of those domain names. Now, there are names, you know, that are generic in nature and trademarks only cover certain goods and services. Um, so, you know, that we, we could go down a big rabbit hole there. I would just say avoid avoid big brands that, you know, when, when you buy these domain names, you definitely want to look for domains that you think have appeal because they're a dictionary word or they're descriptive of a type of products and service or it might make a good brand. Right. Maybe the word doesn't actually mean anything, but it's easy to spell and it's short. You want to go after those names, not ones that are trademarks of brands. Yeah, so going after something like Puma Shoes for Women is probably not a good idea. That is um, a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> wonderful. Andrew, you have been absolutely wonderful with your advice. I think that anyone listening to this is going to be blown away with understanding in very, very simple terminology, exactly what they need to do now and if they have to make changes or maybe they go away and they come up with another income stream and start a new business by buying some domains. But I think from here on out, I think people can go and look at your website, domainnamewire.com. Is there any other way that they can contact you and get in touch with you if they want to touch base with you? Yes, the best way is on Twitter. I'm at domainnamewire. Uh, and I should also mention that I have my own podcast and you can find that on on iTunes and wherever you listen to podcasts like this one. But you can also go to dnw.com slash podcasts and you can check out some of my recent podcast episodes that kind of go more in depth with certain people about how they're investing in domain names. Oh, wonderful. That's fantastic. I'm definitely going to jump on there and listen to some of those because now after today's interview, there's definitely some ideas that have sprung up in my mind. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, Andrew. It's been wonderful having you here. And thanks, everyone, for listening. And I look forward to having everyone on the next show. Thanks so much, Carolina. It's been a pleasure to come talk to you today. Wonderful. Thanks, Andrew. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on the episode, head over to ecommercemarketinglab.com slash podcast. And don't forget to join my free Facebook group, Ecommerce Marketing Lab, to sign up for my 14-day free Instagram challenge, Insta sales for more sales with Instagram. And also you can ask questions in the group to me, my team and other Shopify store owners. Until next time, keep smiling.